And now, Boys Under the Hood with James Stevenson and Pat Kelly. And welcome to Boys Under the Hood. Pat Kelly joined by James Stevenson, owner of Precision Auto Repair in West Springfield, Massachusetts. One of the things that we do here that might be different than other podcasts you listen to is we take your questions. We want you to be part of it. We want you to be engaged. You can send your questions into boysunderthehood.biz or just find Precision Auto Repair on Facebook or Instagram, uh, really any social media there, and submit your questions. James, what's going on, man? Yeah, today is a very special day. It is. Today is your birthday. Today is my birthday. How old are you today? 27, 28? I, I am. I just turned 27. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember when I was 27. No? No. <laughs> because no, that's how it goes. Like, so when you're in your 20s, your birthday means a lot. It's, it's, it's way different, right? Because you yeah. go out with your buddies and you just get as hammered as humanly possible. You don't still do that. No, I mean, I, I, I do. I just start earlier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. We so. used to go out at 8, now you're home by 7.30. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, if I could get home, but yeah, by 8 o'clock drunk, that's perfect, so I could still operate the next day. Oh, jeez. But uh, yeah, so trying to be chill. You know what I did, too, is I took off my birthday on uh, Facebook just because, you know, on your birthday, all your friends get a heads up that it's your birthday, and then people that you've never heard of are like, oh, happy birthday. So I took it down like six months ago. Okay. Not one person wished me a happy birthday today on Facebook. I didn't even know. It was great. I had no idea until you, you know, I think uh, you had told me. So so what are you, you going to do? Are you going to go anywhere? Are you doing anything? Mm, I don't know. Plans? Maybe after today, uh, after our show today, I might go out for a couple of beers with my wife. All right. You know. I got some in the cooler over there. I'll have one with you afterwards, or two, or five. What's going on in your life? How's the shop doing? Good, man. We're uh, we're actually trying to open another location, so it's a little bit of a process. It's not something like um, you know maybe buy like buying a car. It may take a couple of weeks or a month. Like it's uh, it's a process. So I think we're about a year out from that. You know, we got to make sure that we get staffed up a little bit more and uh, find the right location for us and everything. But we're ready for it. Well, that was one of the things uh, that we talked about, um, and I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. I asked how you're doing. You're like, well, you know, I, I honestly literally can't do any more work in the facility that I have. You're that yeah. busy, which really speaks to what you do and what the guys at the shop do. Yeah. Thank I you. Mean, yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, I, I'm nothing without those guys. You know what I mean? Because we've been working together for a very long time. Uh, those guys are, are all my right hand, you know, and uh, you're only as good as your team, you know, and uh, those guys, I, I really, uh, I appreciate everything that they do and they've allowed us to uh, to grow. Do you want to take that phone call? Go ahead. No, it's We're it's not doing anything. it's just my sister. Nobody's listening. <laughs> it's my sister calling to wish me a happy birthday. I'm sure she got me some tiki lights for my birthday. Like it's just random eight tiki lights. Like you, you hung them out in the yard and everything. <laughs> you, you stick it like solar. They're probably gonna look ugly because you know how solar does sometimes, right? It just doesn't look nice like that. <laughs> I don't know. You want to get into our first question I here? Do. Let's try it. Let's okay. See what <laughs> Let's see what happens. This we should have called this show. Uh, our first question comes from Haley in Westfield, Massachusetts. She drives a Nissan Rogue. Uh, she writes, writes, I just moved north from Georgia. I was going up a large hill the other day and noticed that my car smelled like rotten eggs. I asked a friend, and he said that I probably knew to need a new catalytic converter, which is weird because the car ran fine before moving up here a few weeks ago. I love the show, by the way. Ah, thanks, Haley. That's awesome. That's thanks, really Haley. Nice. Now, is that, will, would the weather affect something like a catalytic converter like that? Um, it can, you know, um, a catalytic converter, essentially it, uh, it burns unburned fuel that gets passed into the exhaust. So no engine really uses all of, uh, that fuel that gets kind of injected into the engine, right? Cause engines need air fuel and spark to, to be able to run. Um, it also lowers hydrocarbons. It uh, lowers nitrous oxide, carbon monoxide, all that other stuff. So 
um, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty essential part to uh, making sure that you're uh, you're not polluting as much as possible. Um, sometimes if people change gas stations, right, and they may get a, a different type of gas, right. It, most places will, most gas stations in general will get the gas from kind of the, the same place, most in an area. And then it's just the additive pack that different, like either Sunoco or Shell or, or whatever would put in there. And sometimes that might not, you know, mix properly with your car. Um, you could have some type of an underlying issue or something like that. Um, there are a lot of different little things that we would want to look at. We would want to look at um, something called fuel trim. So we want to see uh, how rich or how lean the engine is running. So there's a lot of little checks. I wouldn't really just jump to, uh, to catalytic converter on that one. Um, and catalytic converters are, are typically misdiagnosed, um, you know, because it could be something just as faulty as like an oxygen sensor or a mass airflow meter or uh, maybe a vacuum leak or something like that. So while these are all kind of like technical terms, you know, a mass airflow meter is going to measure how much air is going to go into the engine. A, uh, an oxygen sensor is going to measure what the air fuel mixture is essentially coming out of the engine. So all of that stuff is going to talk to the computer and it's going to change how much fuel is going to go into that. If it's dumping way too much fuel and it's not backing it off, that can give you that same that same odor, that same problem. If that uh, you know that that explanation makes sense to you without getting too technical. When I first uh, read the question, she said she smelled rotten eggs. I was going to ask her if she had a dog in the back seat. <laughs> was Pat there? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so I want to <laughs> I want to talk about the catalytic converter for a second. Now, sure. is is it strictly for exhaust and emissions in the environment or? To, does it have an actual mechanical necessity part of the engine itself? Do you need one for the engine to run right? You don't need one for the engine to run properly. Some some vehicles just don't even uh, they don't use a catalytic converter. Some vehicles that are uh, are older, like the uh, Camaro right here, it, it doesn't have uh, you know catalytic converters. Uh, you need them uh, in terms of uh, just like not polluting. All right, so they're okay. they're a. Uh, if you want to go green, you need a catalytic converter, you know, but all vehicles, you know, for the most part come with them and, uh, you know, they, they do fail, but usually it's something else that created the problem. It's not so much what the part is that failed. It's why did it fail? Is it something else? Is it a programming issue, you know, or whatever it would be. So, you know, I think it would be something that we would want to look into Haley and uh, not just jump to conclusions that it is a catalytic converter. It just could be just bad fuel too. Just something as simple as you just... You're low, you normally go to one gas station and you went to another one and, you know, your car's just, it doesn't like that that gas for whatever reason. You're listening to Boys Under the Hood, the podcast. Pat Kelly joined by James Stevenson. He's the owner and operator of Precision Auto Repair in West Springfield, Massachusetts. We're asking you to be part of the show. Please participate if you have a weird sound coming from your car or you've had repairs done somewhere else and you're just wondering if you're being treated right. If you have anything uh, in the in the way of cars, are you looking to buy a new car? These are the questions that we field. Please submit them at boysunderthehood.biz or look for Precision Auto Repair on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I noticed something as I was setting up the studio today, and I, I found this big, long extension cord that looked like an octopus on one end. I've never seen one of those in my life. But you've got the can jam up there, I see. My, I, you know, I've never played that can jam. You haven't? I've never played that can jam. And I'm going to tell you, I, I think that my kids threw the Frisbees into the woods at, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you play the, the game? Uh, you, you found my, uh, my, my, Christmas, uh, my Christmas light electrical cord stash. I, I, did, I was trying to figure out what that was because all the three cords are like, they're so close together. 
So it's one chord that branches out into three, but three of the branches are only like four feet long each. Yeah, so you could just separate, you, you got your one plug and then you got your, your different runs. My, my wife is crazy about Christmas lights. If it were me, I would just put a wreath on the door and, uh, and call it a day. But her, she, she wants like that grandiose display <laughs> when people come driving up the road. You know, I know there's a house near you and they have that, uh, it's like a radio station. Yes. So you, you stop in front of their house and you look at their lights and you tune into a certain radio station. I, I, well, you don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want people just sitting in front of my house all the, all, all the time, you know? It's, it's not just the one person either. It's their neighbor. So they got like the competing thing going on. Oh, so two of it's, them have They're them? right next door to each other. <laughs> and they each have a different frequency. And it's usually, it's usually way up on the FM dial, like 107.3 or something. Or it's like 88.1. Yeah. So you tune in. but you One way or the other. Yeah, you can only yeah. get it within who knows what the FCC restriction is, but you've literally got to be on the street. So every year right around Christmas time, there's a big long line of dinks on the side of the street just, just hanging out. staring at people's houses. Oh my I mean, I, like you, that'd be weird for me. Like, look, people just staring at your house like that. <laughs> I do it to you all the time. I'd be out there in my underpants. What? Is that, oh, that was that you? Yeah, yeah. Big deal. I leave my curtains open. I, I'm hoping to get a peeping Tom one of these days. <laughs> Seems like everybody's being offended but me. Yeah. What's happening? You have a you have such a cool house too. It's an old uh, was it, it was an old schoolhouse, right? Yeah. There's uh, the second floor of our house is uh, an old schoolhouse that they brought up the street on logs. We've got pictures from like old newspaper pictures of them dragging this and then plopped it on top of a house, and that's our. Our house. Kind of historic. I like it. It's cool. But it's also impossible to heat and <laughs> all that great stuff that comes along with old houses. <laughs> if I didn't love it, I'd hate it. Yeah. If you didn't love it, you'd <laughs> just one or the other. So terrible. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't even want to hear how my mood swings in that house. Oh, jeez. You're listening to Boys Under the Hood. We're taking your car care questions. Send them in boysunderthehood.biz or find uh, Boys Under the Hood on uh, Facebook or Instagram. James Stevenson from Precision Auto Repair in West Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, our next question comes from Tim in Springfield who drives a BMW 325. Yeah, and I, sorry, I skipped the second question. Um, uh, Tim writes, my check engine light keeps coming on and off, uh, so my uncle said he would help me. Now the light is on a lot of the time and flashing, which it didn't do before. I don't have the heart to tell him that he made it worse, and I don't have the money to fix it. Should I go to a parts store and see what they say? What, what are your feelings on going to parts stores? I know when the check engine light comes on, you go to parts stores sometimes, and there's a way that they can help you out to kind of give you an idea of what needs to be done. What's been your experience with that? So, first of all, Tim, the, the, the correct answer is no. Um, what a parts store does, and, and you know, God love them, they, but their job is to sell parts. Their job isn't to fix cars. Okay, so what a parts store does when they say scan your car, it's not an actual diagnosis, and and some people will think that it is. So what they do is they're going to hook up a computer to your car, and it's a very basic, very basic computer. And you can actually buy this one for probably just a couple hundred bucks, and it's going to give you some very, very basic, basic data. This computer is going to talk to the engine computer in your car, and it's going to give some very basic data. And what it's going to do is it's going to say, okay, you know, it, it's a, uh, I've used this analogy before, like a high rise building, you know, and uh, it's going to say, okay, well, your, your car essentially is a, a hundred story building and somewhere on the 50th floor, there's a problem. And what we're going to do is we're going to sell you parts, 
right? We're going to sell you, uh, we're going to sell you parts to fix a problem in every single room until you finally fix the issue, right? It's not actually diagnosing, right? It's like fishing with uh, a big net, right? You're going to pull back a boot, a license plate. Maybe you get a shark in there, <laughs> right? right? You get a sea bass, maybe a blue, right? That's, but that's a good analogy. You're, like you're not going to get exactly what you want, right? And the parts store doesn't, it's in their best interest to sell you as many parts as possible because that's, that's their job. What a repair shop does is a repair shop is going to hook up the same way, but our computers are going to be much more complex uh, than what a parts store is going to have. And the reality is because our job is to fix cars, not sell parts. We're going to look at that same 100-story building, and we're going to narrow down on the same 50th floor, but from there you've got 100 rooms on that floor, and we're going to tell you, hey, look, it's in the 37th room, you've got an issue, and... This is what needs to be fixed. So right? you're going to go in there is, knocking on the door like a cop looking for a drug dealer. That's it. it. This is what failed. This is why it failed. This is what needs to be done. And we're going to do it for you. And we're going to warranty it. And you're going to have the car back you know, today or tomorrow morning or whatever, whatever that would be. Parts store is going to say, okay, well, you know, it could be anything on this floor, right? And we're just going to sell you parts. And then you've got to try to figure out how to put these things in yourself and so on and so forth. So when somebody comes to our shop with information that they got from a parts store, that's great. I'm glad that the parts store gave you peace of mind as to whether you can or cannot drive your vehicle. But unfortunately, that is not a diagnosis. We still need more data to be able to determine exactly what failed and then why it failed uh, to, to be able to move forward. So what we do, it's spear fishing. Okay? What they do, they just fish with a net. Okay, does that make sense? I love, I love that analogy Thanks, a lot. Buddy. Yeah, I mean, if you're in our yeah. area, in uh, you know the Springfield, Mass area, we offer something called the Quick 10. And uh, that is like really similar to what a parts store does. We're going to scan for codes. We're going to tell you whether you can or can't drive. In some small instances, we'll be able to tell you in that 10 minutes exactly uh, what the issue is. But a Quick 10 at our shop is 100% free. There is no cost to anybody. You don't need an appointment you just basically give us a call. Hey, I've got this noise. I need somebody to take a ride with me. I've got this light on. I've got, you know, whatever it would be. And uh, we'll, we'll fit you right in. 10-minute free inspection. It's called the uh, Quick 10. You give us a call at Precision Auto. We'll take care of that. I love the analogy of, of casting the uh, casting the net versus the spearfishing. And while we're on that subject, if you ever come to Western Massachusetts, do not ever cast a net into the Connecticut River. You could oh, get a body. A body a boot. You could get a boot. You could get a gun. You could get a car. Remember they blew up a bomb? In the river a couple years ago, it was like a World War II bomb or something right outside Springfield, and they blew it up. It was in the river. They they somehow found it or something like that, and they detonated it. How did I miss that one? I, I it was a couple years ago. Was that lately? Oh, couple, within a couple years. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. I must have been on a vacation I say, or something. I, so my shop was still in downtown Springfield at the time, so it had to be over five years ago. You know, but yeah, they they detonated like some World War II bomb, or they found it or something. Yeah, it's crazy, and it was like right there behind the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, right in the river. Bob Kessler's got one of those. Bob, Bob's my good friend. We go fishing a lot in the river for striper. Right around this time of year, here in a couple of weeks, they'll be coming up from Long Island Sound. He has one of those magnets. It's like a 4,000-pound magnet. And he's like, yeah, man, we should go out into the Connecticut River with that. I'm like, hey, great. What if you get like, hook onto a car? Yeah. What is he, what is he I, expecting to, to get? I don't know. But my, with a 4,000-pound magnet, what it, does he, is he going out there in a boat with a crane on it? Br- Right, right. So you hook. Right. That was my point. What are you going to. I can't lift 4,000 pounds. You know, I want like a 100 pound one. I'm in. I could probably do that. Especially, pick up anything 100 pounds. Well, if, if it's in water. Yeah. 
You're going to get somebody's belt buckle and just pull him up. It's insane. Well, he he tell he talks to me like his eyes fly open too when he tell when he says, "Dude, we got to go into the river." I'm like, "No, no, you you go into the river, man. Let me know what you hook up with." Yeah, I'll, I'll call nine one one when you need the help. <laughs> I don't know. My father in law is down on that part of the river there, um, you know, uh, past the South End Bridge. He's got a beautiful home and he's he's right there on the water. But I'll tell you, one time he was he was driving the boat. We all, you know, Sunday dinner is at Nicole's dad's house. It doesn't matter what you have going on or what you're doing. 4 p.m., you're at Nicole's dad's house for nice. Sunday dinner. Every, You know, my family, her family, we that's where you go. And after dinner, her dad likes to take a, a boat ride. And uh, he just mis, misjudged the wave one time. And Nicole, as she had turned around, the water came and it, it got her in the mouth. And I don't know if that was... I don't. I don't know if it was what actually got her sick or not, but she was. She was pretty sick for like a day or two with that. I was water. just gonna say that's a that's a quick way to conjunctivitis, man. Oh my goodness! The, the wave came right over the whole front of the boat. It was it was pretty comical to me because she was the only one that got got you know soaked with this wave, but uh, she didn't find it as funny as every single other person on the boat. It's it's like when someone else gets stung by a bee. It's hilarious, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. We went out on a friend's boat one time with Madison. It was during the summer, and, uh, uh, you know, I told her we'd go down, we'd go for a ride on the boat, you know, and uh, she's standing there, and she's got her life vest on. You know, she's eight, and she's just so innocent. She's standing there waiting for the, the boat to be ready, and a horsefly came up, and it got her, and you hear her scream. You know, and she slaps the thing away and she starts screaming. She's like, I didn't do anything to him. I don't know why he bit me, you know? <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you like trying to cover your mouth? Oh, like my goodness. So a, horse, a horse fly is so aggressive. When they, you ever get bit by one? Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's like angry. You know, it's, it makes you angry. Well, they got like, you know? the pin. They got real mouths on them. They're cutting oh, the skin, too. Little monsters. Hate them. <laughs> Mark and Suffield, what do we got? You're listening to Boys Under the Hood. Pat Kelly joined by James Stevenson, owner of Precision Auto Repair in West Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, please be part of the show. Send us in a question. We'll answer it here on the podcast. Uh, you can send your questions into boysunderthehood.biz or just search Precision Auto Repair on social media. And if, if there's another one in the world, it's the one in we- uh, Western Massachusetts in West Springfield. Our next question comes from Mark in Suffield, who drives an Audi A4. Mark writes... My car doesn't seem to have the power it used to, and I went to a friend who has a computer. He told me I need a new turbo, something about a wastegate. Can you tell me what that is? Do I need it? How did it go bad? Well, um, the first thing is um, a turbo basically takes exhaust, hot exhaust, and, um, well, the... Yeah, the, the turbo basically takes hot exhaust and it kind of re, like compresses it and then stuffs it back into the engine. Okay, it's a little more complex than that. The air, the exhaust goes through something called an intercooler to try to cool it down a little bit before it puts it back in the engine. But you know, it it the the turbo will just pressurize it and it'll stuff it back into the engine. Okay, cars again, like we like we talked about earlier with Haley's question, is cars need air, fuel, and spark. Okay. This will give you more air, and because we're, in, we're putting more air back into the engine, we're going to put a little bit more fuel back into the engine. we got a little bit more pressure, and we're going to get a little bit more power, okay? What the wastegate does is um, if you are accelerating, you get all that pressure, right? You've got all that boost, right? The turbo's all spooled up, and you've got all that boost. Now, all of a sudden, car pulls out in front of you. You need to slow down. You let off the gas, Okay? 
or uh, you know, you let off the, the accelerator pedal and a diesel would be the same thing. Right. What's going to ultimately happen there is you've got all of that pressure built up inside this system. And if you didn't use it, you got all that pressure. So what a wastegate does is it just lets that, lets that escape. Okay, it just kind of lets it go away. I mean, sometimes outside influences can cause those, you know, wastegates to fail. Other times, just things happen. You know what I mean? It just, it, it happened. I, I don't know. You know, I, I can't really tell you without seeing it why the thing failed. It's unfortunate it did. Uh, if you're questioning if it is, in fact, bad or not, you know, it might be a, a good question for, uh, for the technician. Um, you know, any shop that you go to should really be able to thoroughly explain to you if you want, you know, the, the information, like what failed, why it failed, you know, kind of like what we're explaining, sorry, explaining, what did it do? You know, what, what does this part do? Why do I need it? All that good stuff. Um, so while I appreciate Mark, the, the, the question and everything, it's just a, um, you know, that the, the shop should be able to, to give you a little bit more of that very like vehicle specific info. What failed? You know, like, why did it fail? I wouldn't be able to tell you why in this case, you know. One of the cool things that you do at Precision, and we've talked about this before, is um, if someone comes in with a weird sound, the first thing you do is you put a tech in the car uh, to drive we the car. put a tech to, in the car to with to, the customer. To try to hear the, and you've got this, um, the little microphones that you clip around different areas of the cars. Yeah. The, and, and the tech will sit there and listen to different areas, and that way you'll be able to kind of, you know, isolate the where the sound's coming from and then go from there noises noises can be very difficult pat because noise is vibration and most stuff in cars it's all metal right it's metal on metal right a metal component is bolted to another one so you know remember when you were a kid maybe you had that uh you had a, a can Right, and you put the can to your ear, and you got the string going oh, to your yeah. friend's can, and Which you guys works. could say it, it works. It does because work. the line has to be taut, right, nice and tight, and from there, as you talk, the vibration runs down the line, and that's what you hear in the other side of the can. Well, cars are kind of the same thing. I could have a noise, say, in the front of the vehicle, but it's actually coming from the rear, and vice versa. So, you know, the first thing that we do with any type of a noise is we want to verify that the noise that we're chasing is the customer's noise because I can tell you that, you know, in 15 years of opening and owning this business, we have unfortunately fixed wrong noises before. You'll be driving the car and it sounds like the whole front suspension is falling out of the vehicle right. and you go ahead and you repair what the issue was, the safety issue or is a bad something. And they're just talking about golf balls rolling around in the trunk. They're like, oh, that noise in the front's been there forever. I was only <laughs> concerned about this. You know, I was only concerned about my wipers. You know, my wipers going back and forth, they're clicking. You didn't care about the wheel falling off your car, you know? How often do you find something new when you attach the little rabbit ears? Well, you know, once we, once we diagnose the, um, or sorry, once we verify, because the first thing we have to do is verify the customer's concern. Once we verify the customer's concern, um, from there we kind of go after the area. And we've got some really, really great technicians that have a lot of experience, so it you could kind of rely on their experience to help narrow down the noise, but the very difficult ones, you have something like this, right? Headphones like we have on, and uh, you're going to attach these little microphones to all different areas of the vehicle. And, um, and from there, another guy has a little box, box about this big, and it's got a little dial on it for each microphone. And as you drive and you begin to turn the knob, you're looking for where the noise is the loudest until you isolate it. And, uh, and, and that's, that's pretty much it. You know, mo like we probably use those probably 
20% of the time. The rest of the time, you're able to really figure out the noise without those. But, you know, some get a little bit more difficult, and that's ultimately how, how we would do it. It's a, it's, a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool process. I think one day what we need to do is the next car that comes in, I'll call you, and you come down, and we'll take a ride together. And you can kind of hear it and see what the process is. It's, it's pretty cool if you've never seen it before. I, I you know, just it. like anything else, you're, you're kind of numb to it. You know, you're on the radio station. I see you pressing all these buttons. I wouldn't know what the heck to do back there, you know? You come yeah. into our shop, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's just second nature to us. You, it would be cool. I, I think you, you'd really enjoy it. I'd love to check it out. Cause it's like, well, it's like audio forensics. Yeah. I mean, you're like on forensic files, dude. Like, you're listening <laughs> to different microphones. That's really cool. I don't know if I'd go... F- to forensics with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you, if you need an audio guy, I know one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so as we're talking about like picking up vibrations, and, and you, you brought up the, the phone, the cans with the, with the um, string between them. Right. Have you ever been to the Whispering Wall at Grand Central Station in New York? What is that? Grand Central Station, right, gigantic train station. There's one part of it where it's a huge dome part. And when I say huge, I mean probably 200 feet across. And the ceiling has got to be... 80 feet. Okay. One person can face the wall on one side of the room, face the wall. The other person can face the wall 200 feet away on the other side of the room and whisper. And because of the acoustics, you can hear it. Shut up. It's true. Really? We tried it. Do you know why sometimes I question what you say? Because last week you said that there was... Rock, Rocky Dundee Road. Rocky Dundee that's, Road. That's right around the corner from here. So It's haunted. You know, so, keep, so keep talking. So keep it, talking. But it's it's not. So no, yo, keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> keep talking. Rock a Dundee Road. You know, and it's I, not even near here. You know right I mean? around here is Rocky. You know what Dundee you should Road. do? You should go down there at night. I'm gonna like, go right now. Yeah, go down there alone one night. Let's at, go alone. Okay, well, fine. You know? I don't need you. I'll bring go. like bring like a little crucifix or something and see how that works out for you. <laughs> no, but the whispering wall really does work. The whispering wall. It really does. Yeah. We didn't believe it. We I forget we're in town. To see a show. It's a Grand Central Station. Grand Central That's Station. In New York City, right? Yep. And if you, um, you can Google it and you'll probably see other people trying it and laughing because it, you can, you can literally whisper and that soft and across the way. And there's bustling people in between it and you can still hear it. So it, do I hear your whispers or do I hear his whispers? No, you'd hear me. So if, if, if I was against the wall whispering and you were against the far wall facing the other wall. Yeah. We wouldn't have to even face each other. You'd hear what I had to say. That's crazy. I have to. I have to check that. It, out. It's really. I mean, I would never do it with you because um, if I whispered to you, that'd be very weird and unusual. I'm okay with it. You're listening to Boys Under the Hood, <laughs> Pat Kelly and James Stevenson from Precision Auto Repair in West Springfield. Uh, Boys Under the Hood business. Submit your questions and please submit your questions. Uh, we would be talking about the Whispering Wall and Rocky Dundee Road, which, by the way, is haunted. You keep pushing it. Have you seen a movie where people are like, oh, that's, let me see what the problem is. It's not haunted. That is not in Connecticut. And you're talking about Rock A Dundee. This is Rock E Dundee. Okay. All right. You, you keep, I'm going to go tonight. You keep talking. It's nice to do the, our last show with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can check us out on, the, on social media, too. Just search um, uh, Precision Auto Repair. Um, you ever check out any haunted, like real haunted places? I've been to a couple. I'm, I'm, I'm uneasy with it because I've, I've, you know, I've come across a little hauntedness in my life. I've seen weird things happen. Um, we got this thing in our house where you can see images walk past you. Now I can't tell anyone this because eventually I want to sell my house. 
So and so it's a, there's a schoolhouse on our second the, floor. Shut, shut the mics down. I should quick. probably shut them down. Nobody listens to this anyway. It's just us. Okay. But I'm not telling anyone because it, it's an old schoolhouse, right? So all I'm thinking is, my God, maybe the souls of the school children are up in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> Have, do you? What do you do? You believe in it? I went. I'm, so I'm a, I'm a big baby with that stuff, honestly. Snakes too, man. I don't I don't mess around with snakes, spiders, or ghosts. None of it. <laughs> Three of them. They could, they could do whatever That's... they need. But I I had uh, years ago when I was at. Remember that movie, The Blair Witch? Yes. So when we were in high school, my uh, my friend uh, Scott and Corey, right? Too. You know, you, you got your you got your your core group of dudes. You know, they they always had something dumb that they wanted to do, and I was right there with them like a puppy. Like, let's go do this. This is a great idea. And what they wanted to do was go to this place in uh, Spencer, Mass. And I think it was called the Eighth Gate. And it's supposed to be some cemetery or something out there. And it's supposed to be haunted. So after the Blair Witch came out, they're like, let's go to that. Like, it'll be real cool to hang out, watch the Blair Witch, and we'll drive up there. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't want them to call me chicken. So I go. We're walking through the woods. And honestly, we were probably nowhere near where we were supposed to be. And ultimately, just walking through the woods. But... With flashlights, and that in itself at nighttime is kind of spooky. Oh, you went at night through the woods with yeah, because good idea. Because obviously it's really smart. So at one point, these guys they all could tell that I was kind of a little freaked out about it, and I kept saying, "All right, let's go." Like I'm good. It's not down here. Let's go. I'm done. You know. So somebody throws a rock at a tree in front of me, and I turned around and I ran, and I didn't like follow the trail anymore. I just ran straight through the woods. Out to the main road and walk back to the car. I don't. <laughs> no. I, I must have ran a mile. I must have ran a four minute mile through the woods. Not, not really, but you know, I ran straight through the woods, right back to a main road, went to the car, and I sat there and I waited for them with the windows up and the doors locked. I'm with at you. Like 17 years old. Oh. I'm, I'm with you, man. I've, I've seen enough movies to know not to play with ghosts. Yeah, someone, oh, I know a haunted house. Let's go. No, you go ahead, man. Let me know how that works out. And that's why you, playing around with Rocky Dundee Road, you go ahead and see how far that gets you. It's going to work out great for you. You're crazy. I'm sure. Let's see what Sammy and Longmeadow hey, has to say. If, uh, look at it. If, if uh, where you're listening has any cool ghost stories, include that in your message. Oh, you got to tell us. Yeah, yeah I love a, I love a good ghost story. I just right? don't like the ghosts themselves. <laughs> no. But it's uh, boysunderthehood.biz or uh, search Precision Auto Repair. On social media, you'll find us. <laughs> we got one more, and it's uh, Sandy in Longmeadow, who drives a Mercedes GLE. Uh, Sandy writes, once it got cold out, my radio stopped working. Which, you know, Sandy, honestly, given every radio station in town except for the one I work at, it's not a bad thing. You're not missing anything. Laser stepped up big time. They changed the whole format. You guys are great. I love our Everything awesome. That Rocks music. Awesome. It's back. Uh, Laser993.com, by the way, to stream us. So I had to throw a little plug in there. That's where we got our start. Yeah. So Sandy continues, uh, once it got cold out, my radio stopped working. The whole screen is black and no sound is coming out of the radio. Uh, I've been to the dealer two times. When I leave, it's always working and they keep telling me there's nothing wrong. I know you work on Mercedes and hope you can help. So this isn't, <laughs> it's not, it's not, all right, it's not funny, but so when she sent this question in, um, our service manager called her to get her to come into the shop so we could take a look at it, you know, because right. she, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pain point for her. Right. And, uh, so, so what happened is she has a, a teenage, uh, teenage daughter who drives the vehicle yeah. and when she gets out of the car, she shuts everything off and she was just shutting the radio. The radio was just off. That's it. That's all this one was. <laughs> she Did just, you? 
Did you have to go to training to answer that I question? I did. Yeah, I did. Is this, I, is this why you keep up with your training is, regularly? Is, her, her radio was off. You know, I had, a, I had a good friend of mine. I know you've met him a couple times. He, uh, um, he's an electrician in the area, Adam Riley. And oh, his, yeah. His brother, Dan, comes to me one time and he said, you know, I, I, uh, you know I, there's something wrong. I think, I think something's wrong with my four-wheel drive. When I'm driving and I'm turning in a parking lot, there's this like chugging and like, like it feels like something's binding and something's broken. I don't know what to do. You know, I, I, I got, I'm going on vacation and this came up and that came up and you know, I, I just really need some help. So I said, no problem, Dan. I'll, I'll take a look at it, you know. So we get the, uh, we get the car into the shop and, and four-wheel drive is not supposed to be engaged when you're on dry road, like parking lots. Right. And that was all it was. Somebody had switched on the four-wheel drive and he never even noticed it. So when he would go to turn into, say, a parking space or something, and the wheel was almost to, like, a lock, it would, like, bind and chug. You know what I mean? It can create some problems when it does that. What, and that is annoying because sometimes, like, I'll forget. So here, yeah. you know, in New England, uh, it'll snow, so you'll, you'll be in four-wheel drive on the way to work, and then by the time you're out of work, the snow will be almost gone, mm-hmm. and you'll forget to take it out of four-wheel drive, and then you'll be in a parking lot going to the grocery store on the way home, and then you go to pull out, and you're like, yeah. Well, why does it do? Is it just, I mean, is it you as simple as... You want those as, wheels to slip a little bit, and you've got them all locked in when you're in four-wheel drive. So, I mean, there's a much more technical explanation for it, but that's, you know, the easiest. They're all locked, right? And as you turn like that, they need to be able to slip free like they would if it was muddy or sandy or snowy. Right. Right? So, you know... I like using my four-wheel drive in my truck when the roads are a little bit wet because it's rear-wheel drive and the, the rear end of the truck is so light that sometimes with you know all that torque or whatever, if you're going to pull out, the, the tires will spin, right. okay? And four-wheel drive isn't going to allow that to happen because you've got all of that weight on those front wheels and it kind of helps pull it along too. So, you know, in situations like that, just be mindful of it, say, in, the, in that parking lot. Um, you know, that's a, a really great question, you know, but it, be mindful of it in a parking lot. But driving around, I, I I turn it on. Not on dry roads, but these are like the days you're talking about. You go into work, uh, it snowed, and then you leave, and it's still slushy, you know. Uh, but you don't want to drive too too much either, and especially too fast with your four-wheel drive on. You can create some some bigger problems down the road, you know. I like to have my four-wheel drive on too because it allows me to drive like a complete idiot when the conditions are really oh, slippery. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah people yeah. love that. Like when I, I'll go like much faster than I would normally drive yeah. because I have four-wheel drive even though the conditions are horribly dangerous. Yeah, what, what's, what's commonly misunderstood is, is when, if you have four-wheel drive, you're, you're basically invincible if it snows. You can, you, know, you can go really as fast as you want uh, because you don't have to worry about stopping. At all. It also, you know, that four-wheel drive is really going to help you stop a lot faster. Does it actually, does it make the chassis of your car stronger? Oh, too? sure. Further? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does everything. What, what like, else you want? It's almost dent-proof. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, if you can't tell, I'm being incredibly sarcastic, you know. <laughs> Please don't do it. <laughs> you, yeah, no. don't do it. You know, you only have a surface area, you know, of, I, I mean, a very small surface area where the tire actually touches the ground, and all the four-wheel drive does is just allow you to have traction to accelerate. Right. Right. It doesn't even give you the traction. It just gives you two more wheels. You know? <laughs> You're still going to stop the same way. You know what I mean? You're still sliding on ice. It's not going to make you stop faster or be able to turn better. Like, it's still very dangerous. You know, you've got to still take it easy. Four-wheel drive is just going to help you a little bit. It doesn't make you invincible. It does not allow you to drive 60 and a 30 uh, you know, 
It's 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 crazy. So now, but if you were driving in dry conditions, if they had a situation where you could push a button and then your tires would like widen and take up more space like that, I, yeah, I think that I we did. need to figure that out, and uh, and we'll be millionaires, buddy. We'll have all the details on our project on the next Boys Under the Hood. I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please send your questions in. Uh, James Stevenson, the best in the business. He's uh, right here in West Springfield, Massachusetts, owner and operator of Precision Auto Repair. Uh, boysunderthehood.biz or just search Boys Under the Hood on social media. Boys Under the Hood with James Stevenson and Pat Kelly.